Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to what I can offer you as a master coach. I can help you to focus on your why with clarity, uniting your passion with your purpose with a plan to create the life you truly desire. Book a free 20 minute coaching call right now via calendly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson forward slash call and we can take it from there. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by John Haynes. Hello, John. How are you doing? Hi, Amy. I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, good. And where are you joining us from? I'm right in the middle of Oxford. You can probably hear the birds singing outside. I really can. And and it's lovely. Yeah, a beautiful day today. Fabulous. So what is it you're doing at the moment? At the moment, I, um, I got a slightly strange mix. I am a coach, a speaker and a writer, but I'm also a juggler, magician and fire eater. And how do you balance out those different roles? Well, I'll, I'll tell you about my last few days. On Thursday, I was coaching a priest about their future career choices. On Friday, I did a fundraising magic show in the Cotswolds for a group of 70-year-olds. Yesterday, I was doing a sixth birthday in Windsor. And this morning, I was working with a charity team planning speaker events and online conferences. So it's all kind of, it, it all sort of works somehow. And is it variety that drives you? Yes, always has been. Actually, when I was at school, I always did loads of different stuff, loads of different clubs and societies. I'd have, it was way back, I mean, I'm 52 now. And when we were at school, teachers could do sort of after school clubs and lunchtime clubs. And I often did one at lunchtime, maybe two at lunchtime and one after school most days. And I've always had a lot, I've been sort of an all-rounder, do lots of different things. And what is it about the variety that, that keeps you engaged? What is it that, you know, with the different roles that you've got that helps you to find fulfilment? I'm just interested in lots of stuff. And I, I've never really been one for getting totally focused on one thing. So on the on one side, it might look like I uh, can't concentrate and... Um, I've got attention deficit. I don't think that's true, but I do need to do different things and, um, you know, keep exploring. I'm just fascinated by things and people and don't want to get stuck in one rut. Even during lockdown, I made a point of moving around the house and doing different types of jobs in different places and changing my clothes during the day for different um, activities. So, you know, the variety thing has always been big with me. And what is it that you are doing right now that feeds into the focus on why? I, it's very interesting because I'm, I mean, I've got a faith, Christian faith, and I think it all bases from that. I, I've had a thing a lot for a long time about freedom, about firstly finding my own freedom and then helping other people to be free. I have a, um, a sort of mantra on my my desktop, 
that I look at every morning, which says, I'm an accomplished, successful coach, speaker and entertainer. My work enables people to find freedom to be themselves. And that kind of drives it all. I think it's that feeling of freedom. I, it's interesting. I, when I was growing up and working out what I was going to be, sort of end of school and then through university and after that, and what was my career going to be? I, I nearly became a teacher. I nearly became a doctor. I nearly became an engineer. I nearly became an accountant and I nearly became a vicar. I seriously explored all those avenues and did interviews for them. And I ended up going to mime school and being an entertainer because I found that when I was entertaining, I was felt I was being me and being in my flow. And there was something going on spiritually, I think, that I just felt right and I couldn't really put my finger on it. I'd, I've, I joined this professional speaking association, which I know you're a member of as well, about four years ago. And when I first went along, I'd been through Toastmasters and someone said you, could, you should join the PSA. So I did. And people would say, what do you speak on? So the first question they ask you, you've probably had it yourself. You go to a PSA meeting, what do you speak on? And at the beginning, I was like, Tuesdays, because that was when Toastmasters met, because I hadn't got my thing. I, I was interested in the art of speaking and the performance and the technique and how to structure a speech, but I hadn't got my thing. And it took me about three years to find it. And then I think I found it, which is my magic formula, which is, again, about people finding freedom to be themselves, but also helping their team to be free. So, yeah, I think I found it. And when you say you think you found it, John, are you talking about the f magic formula for purpose? Are you talking about the magic formula for freedom? Or do you not see a difference between the two? Well, my magic formula, magic is an acronym. I mean, I am a magician, um, member of the magic circle. I was chair of the magic circle. I'm currently chaplain to the magic circle. So magic's kind of been a big part of my life. And I often use it when I'm presenting. So I came up with an acronym MAGIC, M-A-G-I-C, which stands for Move, Attune, Give, Inspire and Connect. Move, Attune, Give, Inspire and Connect. And I realised that you can apply it to yourself and in effect you're being kind to yourself and loving yourself and serving yourself if you do all those things for yourself. But you can also apply it to other people. For example, if you're a team leader, you can apply it to each person in your team. How can you move them? How can you attune to them? How can you give to them, inspire them, connect with them? And if you do that, you're effectively serving them. So it's, it is a sort of purpose for yourself and it enables you to find freedom to be yourself and to help other people to find freedom to be themselves and to work together and to get on together. So do you see these different two values? They are, I suppose it's an outworking of values. So, as I said, I, I came up with this magic formula and it was only about two months ago I suddenly realised that the idea of serving yourself and serving your team was based on the golden rule, if you like, love your neighbour as yourself. And you can't love your neighbour unless you love yourself. I mean, you often hear speakers talking about, you, you know, you've got to put the mask on yourself before you can put it on someone else. Um when you're helping people. And it's the same thing. You've got to look after yourself if you're going to be able to look after other people, otherwise you'll have no resources left. So I think it's, it's founded on those, you know, values that are um, handed down 
through Christianity that I've had as a bedrock for years, all the way through my life. And I think that's where it grows from. So, yeah, the, the values are sort of pretty much in the foundations, I think. And you talk about bedrock with your faith, and yet magic is an illusion. So how do you have something that is so solid and then something that is so transient and sit with both of those? That's a um, great question. The, um, it's interesting because quite a lot of, well, a, a lot, maybe not, there is a significant number of people in the church or Christians of certain breeds of Christianity, varieties of Christianity who really struggle with the idea of magic. Um, they think it's dodgy and a bit spiritually questionable and dangerous. And I have to say to them, look, what I do is not real magic. You know, it's not, <laughs> I'm not in league with the devil. It's not real magic. Um, all I do is lies, deception, and, and that's fine for a Christian to do. <laughs> and it is, it's, you know, this whole, I, I, I mean, I said before, when I explored being a vicar, being a priest, and I went through six interviews for it at one stage and then didn't think that was for me but I found I felt like I was following my calling when I was entertaining and it does seem so ephemeral and light and frivolous and yet something significant is going on and I remember Cliff Richard telling a story where I read this years ago and he had gone out to Africa seeing an AIDS project and he was talking to a nurse and all these people were suffering and he was with this nurse and saying I really I feel like I should give up singing and just come and help you and she said, no, don't do that. You'll be a rubbish nurse. My job is to be a nurse. Your job is to go and sing and tell people about it and entertain people. And I kind of get that. Um, and it's kind of weird because you, logically sometimes it doesn't seem to make sense, but it just, I guess it feels right. And you just feel when you're in your flow, you know what you're doing. And you think, yeah, I'm doing what I was supposed to do. And you mentioned flow before when you were talking about entertaining and going to mime school, knowing that you're in flow and knowing that you are entertaining people and knowing that they're enjoying and getting a huge fulfillment from what you're providing. How does that make you feel? Great. It feels like, I mean, the flow, I, I imagine you've had being in flow, probably doing this because you love podcasting and time sort of, you lose all concept of time in a way and you kind of realize when you've got to finish your show, obviously, but time takes a different characteristic on and you just feel, uh, in a sort of natural place really. And yeah, the feeling when you've done a great show and people have enjoyed it, it's just, you feel, yeah, that was mine to do. And you know, I was the person in the room that could do that and serve these people in that way. And I was able to do it. And that feels great. You know, it just feels like, yep, I've done what I should have done today. So with the magic formula, John, you've got move, attune, give, inspire, connect. Is there one that sort of sits at the top? Is it the give, the service piece that sits above others? Or or is there another one that has more importance? I, th I think the give does sit there because it's about being generous, being kind, I think. The founder, one of the founders of the magic circle, David Devant, has a very famous phrase, much quoted by magicians, which was all done by kindness, which I love. And 
the idea that every entertainment because you can do magic in a kind of very selfish way when you're trying to show how clever you are or trying to trick the opposition or you know win one over but actually really it's much better if you're being generous and you're serving people and trying to lift them up and give them a good time and make them feel special so i think give is there but before you can do that you do need to connect which is at the end i mean ideally connect would be at the beginning but kermagi is not a word so it has to be at the end to make magic as these acronyms are often so inconvenient but i think the connect thing does kind of you have to have that you have to somehow get a connection and a rapport with people before you can do the rest i think but yeah, I think GIF probably does sum it all up. So you're entertaining, you're you're following your calling in many ways and, and magic and and also as you mentioned, you did fulfill the role of chaplain in, in where you, you are as based at the moment. What the roles of teacher, doctor, engineer, accountant, vicar, are they gone or is there some future role there in the in the, to come? Who knows? I don't think I'll ever do a proper job. I haven't really ever done a proper job and I don't think I will. But having said that, I did do an engineering degree and uh, it was so long ago, it's before we all had the internet, but I did go on to do web design and the engineering degree set me up for that technical way of thinking. Also gave me problem solving skills which are, and lateral thinking, which have been great for running my own business. Um, and then for the coaching, the kind of whole pastoral side of that, so the vicar element comes into that. Uh, I'm married to a priest, so I'm often advising on sermons and theology, and you know, I'm quite involved in that side of things. What else did I mention? Accountant. I don't, I don't think that was ever a serious one. There was a point in my life where I had a clear choice. Do I go and train to be an accountant, or do I go to Mime and Physical Theatre School? And all my friends and family were saying to my face, well, you must make your own decision. Of course, it's up to you. But you could see behind their hands, they were saying, go, don't be an accountant. Go to mime school. We know you. And I did. And I'm so pleased that I did. Um, so I don't think I, and I'd still really don't like reading accounts. I do don't mind a spreadsheet, but any more than that. No, thank you. Um, and then teaching. Yeah, I do. I teach circus skills. I teach presentation skills. Um, so I do quite a lot of teaching. So all those elements are kind of in there. Um, but I don't think I'll ever do any of them as a formal job. I think it's too late now. <laughs> it's never too late to. to do anything, John. It's just all about whether it's of interest to you. you. You mentioned earlier about helping other people to be free, to the freedom to be themselves. When have you not been free to be yourself? I, I had an early job for a church this was way back in the 90s and i think they sort of squashed some of my i was really into this was going to sound weird to some people but dancing in church and on stage you know we had a dance group in a previous church i've been in and i loved it and i even brought in break dancing and stuff and it was an expression of my personality and yet the next church i went on to they ridiculed that I remember it happening in a staff meeting. And so that bit was just shut down for a while and I felt like it was put in a cage. And along with that, that was a sort of physical thing that was ridiculed, but also certain questions weren't allowed to be asked. And I just felt it, I, my image of myself at that time was like a caged bird. And I remember when I eventually um, came out of that, it felt like being released. And, uh, 
yeah, I didn't feel free. But then subsequently I have felt free. So that is one very clear time I remember that. Oh, other times. I've been in teams where... I've been in, I help to run a charity now. I've been on staff teams. I've chaired committees. And I've seen team members not be free or not being able to be themselves or the whole team feeling trapped because they're not working well together because the personalities don't get on or the team leader doesn't know how to, you know, relate to the other team members. And that is frustrating. And so that's what I you know, want to be able to do with my magic formula is help people release each other to be the best version of themselves and the best version of their teams, I guess. Yeah, I love that. And you said that you sort of this year or you finally worked out that it's a magic formula is what you want to talk about and what you want. You can say that it's not just Tuesdays that you want to talk about. You want to talk about your magic formula. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but in terms of what has speaking out and sharing this achieved for you as a professional speaker, what has the the drive behind the variety and, and the, the serving others led you to achieve? I think, and I've heard other speakers talk about this, you know, when, and, and it's true as a magician as well, when you start as a magician, you begin by impersonating other people and you almost have to, and then you find your own style and your own character. And I think it's the same with speaking. You see great speakers and you think oh, I need to speak like them or use those techniques or, or whatever. And that's great when you're learning and you learn the techniques and the stagecraft and how to structure a speech. But then in a way, you've got to somehow let your own personality come through. And I think that's what I found with this. It's like, ah, this is my thing. I could, I've suddenly found the thing where if I was asked at the drop of a hat to do a speech, I could stand up and do it with no preparation whatsoever. Because suddenly this is what's coming out of my heart and this is my personality. And beforehand, it was like a little bit more, I was going to say engineered, which is ironic, given that I'd left engineering behind, or did I? Um... But now I think I've found, you know, the ability to be me on stage. I think that's what it's given me. Which, again, is freedom, I guess. And freedom, uh, I've spoken about this recently, actually. Freedom often comes with another word. What does freedom link to for you? See, I'm dying to know what your other word is now. Well, I know it comes with lots of things for each person. It's always different. This is a thing that oh, there's, I see. Okay. So free, freedom will, will come with a variety of different areas. And it's so interesting to hear what people have to say. And, and that's why I didn't want to say any other words, because I don't want to sort of put something into your mind without I'll share them afterwards. But, you know, it's just a case yeah, of okay, what, does, what does freedom link to you? There's a removal of fear. So I, for years and years and years, I was scared of speaking on the telephone and speaking on the phone. And uh, I know you've interviewed Anthony Steers before now, telephone assassin. And every time I've heard him speak and I was going, sounds great, but I just can't do that. I'm terrified of the phone. And, but I've suddenly I'm not. And suddenly I want to have lots of conversations with people because suddenly it's like, I, I went on retreat. I mean, reflection is a big thing for me. And I did my first solo retreat last year. Loved it. So I've booked another one in for this spring. And the one thing I got out of my retreat was um, after three days, you know, I am enough. I don't actually need to do anything, need to earn anything. 
not money wise just i don't need to earn anything to be valid valid as a person and valued as a person i'm fine as i am i have the option to learn and grow and develop but if i stopped now it would be fine kind of thing and that was hugely liberating and gave me the freedom and security to then say okay i can go into any conversation and my experience tells me it's going to be great and interesting because people are and everyone's different and that's fine but my old fear would have held me back thinking i'm going to be made to feel vulnerable or they'll ask me something i don't know or you know it's going to go wrong somehow so i wouldn't have gone there but i think the freedom has given me that lack of fear i suppose which is great um so it brings opportunity, I guess, and a chance to explore. That wasn't one word. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, well, it, well. Essentially, it it, it could be because you mentioned freedom and security, and freedom and opportunity. So it it could it could have been either of those. But and, yeah. and uh, people have said the the freedom to create or the freedom to work or freedom and love or freedom and choice and freedom of flexibility or freedom and opportunity freedom and acceptance freedom and independence uh, freedom and kindness yeah, so, so all of those as well i'll have all exactly. of them <laughs> <laughs> you can you, they have also said freedom to explore or freedom of just being i mean there there's there've been so many in the different episodes but free, it does come down to the the word freedom but it is this is what i love is that with purpose and with the flexibility to be unique in the in this world you have your own guiding forces you have your own compass and that's why i was interested in what yours was yeah yeah absolutely so all done by kindness i love that phrase you said is it david devant you said david devant yeah yeah and how long ago was that that he said that? Do you know when was it? When was the magic circle when did he founded? Say it? Well, the magic circle was formed. I should know this date, but I'm rubbish on dates. It was just over a hundred years ago. Yeah, it was formed. Uh, the first meeting was in a restaurant in Soho, and funnily enough, I was right next door to it last night. <laughs> Actually, not Soho in Chinatown, just off Leicester Square, and it's a blue plaque there. And it hasn't changed that message over a hundred years now. All done by kindness. Uh, no, see, the message hasn't changed. Um, no, and it's still as needed as ever, really. And the reminder's needed as ever, because I suppose we all know that kindness works, but we're, I think, you know, most people feel insecure somehow and therefore want to be self-protective and therefore hold back from being kind and vulnerable because i think when you're kind you are in a sense being vulnerable you have to be um and that's a bit scary sometimes so we need to continually be reminded you know be kind be generous and give i think um because my experience is you know every time you do it or pretty most times you do it it'll you know come back in reams you know you'll get much more back i suppose occasionally you get times when people throw things back in your face but uh most of the time it'll be fine so that first solo retreat that you you are now going to repeat this year and and will you have some planned reflection or will you just let how you are in the moment be i've got um so last time i had I just booked this self-catering 
room in this retreat center down in off Dartmoor. And I took my flip chart and all my sticky notes with me and colored pens. And I thought I was going to do reflection in the morning and writing in the afternoon, which I did actually. And then lots of walking, which was great. And I'd been collecting, I'd done a coaching course and it was a couple of techniques they taught us on the coaching course that I put myself through. Um, and I also had been reading Nancy Klein's More Time to Think. And there was uh, uh, a couple of questions in there. I thought, oh, that would be good to use as a basis. So that's what I did. And I gave myself a four-day program and it worked brilliantly. So I've got a rolling note um, every day at the moment for me trying to harvest new things to do. For I'm going in May. So I've got one thing so far. I need a couple more. <laughs> I might just do the same ones again, actually, because uh, see where I've got to in a year. But it was amazing. I mean, I, I build a lot of reflection into my week anyway. You know, I have a morning routine with a reflection. I go for walks. I go kayaking once a week by myself. Um, but I'd never done an actual weekend, oh, several days away by myself. And, uh, yeah, it did make a difference. I think the mini reflections every day had warmed me up for it. You know, they'd given me... It wasn't really freaky to be by myself thinking introspectively something I do quite well anyway, but uh, it was good to do it over an extended period. And tell me more about the I am enough statement. Uh, that was from the Nancy Klein question, which when I was reading More Time to Think just jumped out at me. And the question was, what am I assuming that is making me feel blank? I mean, that would, and you filled in the blank. And she has it as a coaching question. And it sort of jumped out at me. And I think what I'd put in the blank was, what am I assuming is making me feel like it might have been I'm not enough or I've got to keep striving or, you know, proving myself, something like that. And that's what drove it. And, yeah, that was very, it's an amazing question that Nancy Klein's big on the assumptions and, exploring your assumptions and uh yeah yeah and it's interesting when you've got a flip chart and you write it down and you think i'm assuming i've got to prove myself i've got to tick something else off i've got to get another qualification and you look at it going actually and then you have to follow it up with like what else could i assume to replace that would be that would be true and liberating and that's when i came up with i am enough and uh yeah it was great <laughs> It was an amazing day because it was, I did that and then it was sunny outside and like, ah, oh, went for a lovely walk. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> That's fantastic. And I, I love the mini reflections. As you know, I'm a big fan of reflections and, and just looking over what has been said, what has been shared and reflecting on that and seeing what the impact is. So knowing that you have, have these mini reflections every day, what are the actions that you then take as a result of? Very practically, I, it's a sort of triaging, which I do, I have a, I mean, I do my morning routine, which has a bullet point journal in it, and I put down what I'm doing each day, take the dog for a walk, time of reflection, come back, and then I triage my email inbox and my to-do list, and it's, uh, you know, what's important, you know, what's, the Eisenhower matrix of the urgent, important, not important. I've forgotten the other one. 
but I do that very quickly and go through my emails and you know what can I just delete what can I shove off to somebody else what do I really have to do now um so that that triage process and also with my diary making sure you know the the important things go in first the the family stuff and the meeting friends and the and time for reflection and exercise and looking after yourself all that goes in first before it gets overwhelmed by the sand of life you know the little stuff <laughs> the other bits and pieces that will come in to fill up all the gaps if you if you don't consciously take control of it so i think that's the biggest effect it has yeah that, prioritizing what are your rocks if we're going to use that metaphor that uh, stephen covey brought to the world of the what, what goes in first was that covey i know the I, metaphor yeah um, i thought it was i might be wrong sounds like it should be covey but i don't actually yeah i'm gonna fact check it now <laughs> I'll let, yeah. I'll, let's assume it's Kobe. Uh, what are my rocks? Um, family time with the family. Time for enough sleep. Actually, that's why I didn't become a doctor. I, I realised you don't get any sleep, and I thought I wouldn't cope with that. Time to time for exercise. Yeah, I think those are the probably the big ones, and then increasingly time for self-development and training um making sure i'm getting enough of that enough input i've always I've said for a while stuff in equals stuff out you know if you're taking stuff in you're reading stuff you're learning stuff you're meeting interesting people then the things you produce will be more relevant and of higher quality i think so yeah those are the big rocks fabulous yeah, I mean, the whole, I've heard the phrase garbage in, garbage out. And so, you know, good it stuff It doesn't have in. to be garbage in, garbage out. It could be quality stuff in, quality stuff out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I like your, your sort of spin on that. I'd heard a negative version of the same thing. So, yeah, it's much better to have the quality going in. Tell me, what is the, you, you mentioned earlier about how that you have difficulty in focus and that you have the, the variety which feeds your interest. We talked about the focus on why element is there a big vision is there a, a grand vision or is it or oh, you you share, share what it is that you, you have in uh, mind it's, no it's um i find it a fascinating question and back in my mid-20s is when i did my several interviews for ordination in the church of england and being a priest i was working for a church as a non-ordained person. So it was sort of a natural thing to look at. And one of the things they ask you very early on is what do you believe is the nature of calling? What does that mean? So I went around interviewing, well, and I know quite a lot of vicars, um, having been involved with the church for ages. And everyone I spoke to had a different answer. So in the end, I had to sort of make up my own version of the answer, which I came to be, or calling is to be the... Well, in terms of a job, you're called to be the person you're created to be, to be yourself, and then you need to find some kind of job that allows you to do that. It's kind of where I got to. And I think it's where I am now. And I, I mentioned with the... When I joined the PSA and people say, what do you talk on? And I said Tuesdays. But, you know, I wanted my thing. And I sort of 
I was sort of craving a plan of, you know, I want to know what the big vision is. What's the 10 year plan? What will I be doing? And so many people who talk about goal setting or write about goal setting, you know, what's your big vision and be focused on it and work towards it and break it down and have micro steps that you can take every day to get there. And that's just never really rung true for me. And I, the picture I got several years ago was of Noah building the ark in the middle of the desert and there's not a spot of rain to be seen anywhere and no inkling that there's going to be any rain. And yet Noah knows he's got to build an ark. Makes no sense, but he's got to build it. And then the flood comes and he's, he's re-equipped. And it's this idea that over the last few years, I've been learning skills, speaking, video editing, um, writing, team dynamics, self-development, all this stuff. And I felt like, you know, you're building an arc and I've just got to trust there will be something that will come along. And then I'll go, oh, that's why I had to do that. And I, so at the moment, I've still got that. I've just got to be me and I'm the only version of me. Um, and my, I, I was going to say duty, that's a bit of a harsh word, but my role, role's better, is to be me. I, uh, as a magician a, um, and as a speaker, sometimes the image I use, I'm going to get them out now, because you can probably hear this over the podcast. Can you hear that? That is a pack of cards being shuffled. And when you shuffle a pack of cards, there will never have been a pack of cards in that order ever before, and there never will be again. The way, I, are you a mathematician at all, statistician? No, but my husband is. Yes, I'm a linguist. My husband. So the way you work out the number of possible combinations of 52 cards is a thing called 52 factorial, written 52 exclamation mark, and it means 52 times 51 times 50 times 49, all the way down to one. And the answer is something like eight with 67 zeros after it. It's so big that it'll never be repeated. And the reason I use that as an illustration is we've all had different experiences in life. Even if you've grown up in the same family, even if you were identical twins, you would have slightly different experiences of life in slightly different orders. And so everyone ends up completely unique. And so in a way, what I've got to offer to the world is completely unique. And it's kind of my role to offer that, because if I hold it back, the other people aren't going to get it. And so, yeah, that's uh, I forgot what the question was now. It was probably what's your why, because that's the nature of this, that's the podcast, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, love that, I love that we got to that answer. I mean, to go all the way through from the, the metaphor of Noah building his ark, and, and that's what you're doing. You, you're building the ark and trusting that that's the case and that we all have these different experiences in life. It, it, it is absolutely true. We are all completely unique. The question I want to ask is how do you know when you're not you? Because you said you, you want to be me. And you, you 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 be yourself and and do that. How do you know when you're not being you? I, yeah, I think my body tells me quite quickly. I sort of referring back to when I, the story I told you about when I was in the church and felt caged in. My health was suffering big time, and I was feeling tired. And I think that's what happens to me. I get listless is probably quite a good word i just don't i'm not right and then i can know when i'm you know in my groove and i'm being myself and i've very what's the word jealously 
it's not quite right, but it sort of gets that. I've jealously guarded that since I realised that I've got, that's my role is to be me. I've kind of been very protective about that um, since I realised it a few years ago. Because um, it's so easy to be diverted. Other people want you to be what they want you to be uh, or to do fit their version of what they think you should be. And actually, they don't know. And if you if you get diverted into someone else's ideas of what you should be, you're depriving people of what you actually are. I don't even know if that made sense, but it sounded quite good. <laughs> it, it, it sounds great. And and I'm, I'm with you, you know, and I think it was one of my previous guests. It was Ruth Fogg. And she said what the mind suppresses, the body expresses. And I remember it because yeah. it rhymes and it's great. But it is it is such a great understanding that you know you are you have all the signs there and mm. it's just noticing them and as you said you, you pick that up in your reflection and in your daily reflection so yeah absolutely you keep that protective guarding nature to to make sure that you are being in flow and being yourself and understanding your nature of your calling which you you clearly do now so yeah fantastic John, it's been a pleasure. How would people get in contact with you? What's the best way for them to reach out? The best way is my website, which is themagicformula.co.uk. Brilliant. And you can also search for me on LinkedIn and Facebook. John Haynes, no E in Haynes, very odd spelling, H-A-Y-N-S. Brilliant. Well, they'll all go in the show notes, so they'll be able to find the, the right John Haynes. John, it has been a pleasure and I, I really feel like I've been taking on this wonderful journey. And and yeah, I mean, without the magic, there has been magic. So thank you. Oh, it's been lovely. Thank you. How would you like to leave the audience today? Uh, just an encouragement to serve yourself and to serve others with the magic formula. Move, attune, give, inspire and connect. How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.